Stobart Group. If the image that just popped into your head was a lorry, then you're living in the past. Today, the Carlyle headquarters company's operations span everything from biomass supply to managing airports, rail engineering and aircraft leasing. But lorries do still feature partly through the company's non-controlling interest in Eddie Stobart Logistics. I'm Alex Newman and for this edition of Boardroom Talk, I'm speaking with Stobart Group Chief Executive Andrew Tinkler and Executive Director Richard Butler, who both join me on the line. Andrew and Richard, thanks so much for taking the time to chat. I just wanted to start by asking you about the structure of the group. So I, I sometimes struggle with support services companies because there are so many disparate drivers of the business. So to investors who might feel the same, I was, I was wondering if you might be able to sell the model to them. Yeah, no, I will. I will. And I think what we've tried to do for our presentations to the market over the last year or so, we've created what we call the value wheel. So it's split into uh, three growth operating businesses, which is really the core growth businesses that the business is going to look like in probably three or four years' time. And one big part of that is the aviation. And I think that holds airport assets. We also own an airline now and a leasing company that goes with it. And it's all about growing passengers through our London airport, uh, London South End, because we have got capacity there to grow. And at the moment, we are a new airport. We have created it over the last three to four years. And if you look at the numbers that is required to grow in the London area, right, we are set with peak capacity and a, a fast, efficient airport to serve from. So that's the aviation side. Also, we do operate 1.4 million passengers between the UK and and Ireland on our Aer Lingus franchise for Aer Lingus. So that's the Aer Lingus regional, 1.4 million passengers a year. We also operate a franchise with Flybe out of London South End to Northern Europe, European cities. And actually, we're extending that with Flybeat next year. We've just announced 12 new routes routes to some sun locations and uh, other European cities. So really, the aim is really to give a top-class service to the customers that's a usually friendly airport, rather than have all the hassle and going through the airports. So our main aim is to grow them passenger numbers by 2018, up to about 2.5 million passengers from where we are today, which is a million. So that's the aviation side. Also, we've got what we call the biomass side. So this is we source, we process, we transport and supply into the biomass plants. And part of the contracts we've signed up are long-term contracts for the next 15 to 20 years. We'll be providing 2 million plus tonnes into that sector, which is about 60% of that, that market share of that. So we are well set because of our strong balance sheet to actually give the plant providers the reassurance that they're not going to run out of fuel in five or six years' time because we've sourced the product, we know where it's at, and we have to provide a truck every 15 minutes for the next 20 years, which is where our logistics background comes in from the existing Eddie Stobbert business to be able to supply that. And then we have a real business and real civil engineering it, is, it does civil engineering work on the network rail infrastructure, but it also does our civil works throughout the group and third-party civil works as well. So the idea is to grow that into different sectors with all the knowledge and expertise we've got. And then after that, we have investments in Eddie Stobart. We own 49% of that business. The turnover in that business is growing year on year, and it is really a good quality service business and it's looking to grow and develop every year. I think it's grown something like 14% a year since we did sell it 
back in 2013, 51%. So that's going really well. And then, really, I'll hand over to Richard, but the rest of it really is about infrastructure and property. So on the infrastructure side, uh, we've completed a number of disposals. Um, so since 2012, we've disposed of over £170 million worth of property, and we've used that to, to repay debt as well as to reinvest in the business. So what we're left with now on the infrastructure side is a number of assets, about 16 assets, uh, split mainly in the commercial an industrial property sector and some sort of smaller green energy investments into the energy plants Andrew was talking about before. So as it stands, we've got a, uh, those assets are currently valued at about 110 million, and we're looking to asset manage those over the course of the next sort of 12 to 18 months. In the current year, we have disposed of a number of properties, including a, a major site at Speak, where we realised uh, in total 37 million in cash, and we've made two other disposals uh, towards the back end of. 2016, uh, totaling around 16 million. Um, there are a few more in the pipeline as these things come to maturity. So that's the, the cash flow that we're looking to support the dividend with in the shorter term whilst the operating businesses become more established with their cash flow patterns. But um, there are also some development sites that are left that we're, we're currently going through planning, planning for and hope to realize some value for, as I said, over the next 18 months. If you imagine the wheel, the top half, Andrew explained the operating businesses, the bottom half, since we started the wheel last year, our initial thoughts were that we would return over 300 million to investors over a sort of a two-year time horizon from a, a variety of disposals. There, I was just going to ask, just in that cash flow point. I mean, how intentional was the the sort of split in the the different types of cash generation from the different divisions? And I mean, it sounds like to me that the the investment side of things sort of underpins the dividend, while you know, while cash generation is is growing in, in, in other parts of the business. It is, and, and our wheel does explain it quite well. We say that by 2018, right, we'll be doing 2.5 million passengers delivering an £8 EBITDA through the aviation side through London South End Airport, and there's income from other assets that we do now through the airline and the leasing company. So you add them on top, that underpins a certain amount that in 2018 will be free cash flow to go to spot the dividend. The energy is in the same way. If you look at that, 2 million tonnes plus delivering a £10 EBITDA. So they, if you add them two together, you're well over 40, 45 million of free cash flow to help support the dividend by 2018. And if you think about the investments and the infrastructure, even though we are sort of uh, looking to diversify from that. We still do, it is an operating business that we do make money from, such as the Eddie Stobber and, and the assets that we sell. We are delivering a 25% IRR on them assets from, from annually. We've set that target. So to me, right, we are delivering cash generation from that, not just selling assets off to, to, to support the dividend. And what we've always said to our investors, yes, we've got the free growth businesses that continue to grow and develop, because we, we have an airport at, at London South End now that's capacity to take to 5 million passengers. And if you compare that against other airports and the amount of money we've invested into that, to have that asset sat as a London airport and the amount we've invested into it, the opportunity is great to create a lot of value through that airport if you look at the other sort of airports around the area, what they're sold at and things. So we, we're happy that we can grow them to very dramatically over the next two, three, four, five years. 
But in the same time, it won't mean that we don't actually see an opportunity from our skill set in the infrastructure where we can create some value for our shareholders. We will do that. I think on the energy side as well, it's probably important to say that growth in that, uh, we currently supply about a million tonnes into the biomass market, uh, predominantly uh, in the UK. Uh, There are uh, five large plants currently under construction. In fact, nearing the end of the two-year construction period, um, witness plant has just started commissioning now. So these plants all come on stream in the next sort of six to nine months. So you're going to see quite a rapid sea change in the growth of that business over the next 12 months as these plants come on stream and we deliver the extra million tonnes into the marketplace. And then that is 15-year cash flow because these are RPI-linked contracts for the next 15 to 20 years. So investors can sort of see through a long-term strategy there of that. And the airport with the passengers going through with the demand in London, it will also be sustainable and it's generating cash flow from them operating businesses mm-hmm. for the future. If I can just hone in on, on aviation here, I mean, this is the nature of support services business that you are, in a sense, reliant on the partners you work with. On aviation, I mean, how beholden or how much of a risk is it that you're, you know, you're relying on Flybe and Aer Lingus to effectively manage their businesses? Well, you are, but at the end of the day, we have airports as well. So we, we do operate out of our own airport. So... We have our own airline, we have our own AOC, albeit it might be a franchise for Aer Lingus. We can fly to any routes with our pilots, so our pilots and our staff. We just operate that on their behalf under a franchise with our assets. So we can go and fly for any operator on their aircraft and do connecting flights. That's what we do. We, we are a regional operator feeding through Dublin for Aer Lingus to go transatlantic. It doesn't mean to say we can't do that somewhere else for somebody else like we do with Flybe. Yeah. So that's, and really the, the airline, to me, the London South End is about the growth of that business, be using the, 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 the vehicles we've got, such as the airlines, and that to actually help us grow that business a lot faster than you traditionally would do just waiting for operators to come in. And I think that's a business model that is probably a little bit different. But to me, I believe in the fact that, you know, if, if, I want sustainable passengers for London South End. I want to give a top-class service because we come from a logistics background that knows how to give customer service with a trusted brand, and that's how we try to operate. Aviation, a notoriously tricky industry to make money in. Is, is being in the logistics side of it a, a slightly more reliable business? Well, I, I think, yes, as you know, as you know, you're always reliant on what might be happening in the air sometimes, and fuel and that but you've just got to de-risk yourself you've got to have a model that takes the risk out of it and actually I think it's a testament to say that Wallach Brady that's just come on as my deputy CEO is really driving the aviation side and sees lots of opportunities not just in the airline itself but just in the airports and also other things such as we can get in there using our logistic background through ground handling and making our logistics and our airport's so efficient to be able to give our suppliers and customers the service they pay for. Warwick's appointment recently, Deputy CEO, we don't, we don't always see this in uh, sort of companies your size. I mean, should, we take, should investors take from that that you're grooming a successor as well, Andrew? Yeah, well, to me, I think his, his expertise in that is very important to me. You know what I mean? It's about having the right people in the right place know the job and to me yeah I suppose where I'm looking at I want to try and help Warwick to 
come and try and fill a place for me eventually. You know, I'm not, I am getting older, but time will tell on that, and we're working a programme on that. But the main focus for Warwick, and he's focused on it, is the aviation side of the business. He really sees a lot of opportunity in that and wants to push it forward. And But he is keen that we have a good relationship with him. You know, I've known him for some time now, and I think we work well together. We spin off each other. We've got different skill sets. So we intend using them skill sets to really grow these businesses and the expertise to help each other in the coming days. When we last covered uh, Stobart Group in, in your results in October, uh, we sort of perhaps uncharitably argued that the, the company's valuation was asking quite a lot of investors. I mean, that's clearly not been the case because, you know, the shares are, are you know, well up since then. And they're nearly double where they were a year ago. Andrew, I was wondering, and, and Richard, you touched on this earlier, so maybe you might want to jump in as well. In your discussions with investors, I mean, has, has something clicked for them over the last year? Are they now reassured that your dividend commitments are well underpinned? What's, what's, can you just try and talk me through some of the, uh, the re-rating in your shares? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, if you go back uh, historically, um, you know, we did have quite a diverse range of businesses within the group. And I think maybe investors and some of the shareholders were a little bit confused or, or maybe unsure as to the, the overall strategy. But I think what we've managed to do certainly over the last 12 months is really ironed that out. You know, the investors can see the energy plants under construction. They can see them being commissioned. They see people like Warwick joining the business and, and believe in the potential of South End Airport. And I think sort of a little bit hidden under the radar was the true value of the infrastructure portfolio that we've had. And, you know, we have been very successful over a number of years in driving value out. And that sort of, you know, was highlighted in particular with the transaction we had at Speak, which was very successful. And, you know, there have been one or two others as well. So I I think it was all about setting out a really clear explanation with Andrew's, you know, value wheel that the people actually finally understood the message and saw that the, you know, the, the real true value in the business able to support a higher dividend whilst these operational businesses sort of go through the final stages of growth. And I, I think it was a combination of those factors that have given investors you know, the confidence in the strategy, the confidence in the management team. And, and what you've seen is a result of, you know, uh, the share price increasing uh, well over the past 12 months, really. And Andrew, I mean, you, you said one day you'd like to maybe step down from the, the chief executive role. Wikipedia tells me that your career began as a cabinet maker in glazing fitter. Is that something uh, you'd return to? I wouldn't return to that, but I think I'm not stopped working, put it that way. I'll always be interested in looking for investments, looking out there for an opportunity that I can use my skill set to actually advance, really. And, and, and to be fair, who knows when that's going to be, but I think one of the strategies will be I will not stop working. I can't. It's not, it's not in my blood to stop working. Good stuff. Well, Andrew, Richard, thanks very much for your time. For other IC podcasts, go to our website or you can find more at Acast or iTunes.